Hi, I'm Hillary, and uh, today we're going to talk a little bit on our podcast. Um, well, first, welcome to She Shed Light. <laughs> Sorry, it's been a few weeks. So um, I'm forgetting my introduction. But what I wanted to talk about today is um, transgenderism and how we as Christians and what our response should be in the church, specifically how we can potentially help someone that is dealing with gender confusion. Um, so I want to get started and first talk about why it's important that we start speaking up as believers. Um, first, it's a very polarizing issue. People have kind of been beaten into silence on it. And um, meanwhile, there's a lot of young people and their families that are really in crisis because they're only hearing one voice on this. And um, there's a lot of destruction that surrounds um, what's going on here. So the reason we need to speak up is that the Bible says that um, we are the ones that God has chosen. He has opened our eyes. And um, if we're not willing to speak up, then the only people that are speaking into this issue is what the Bible says is the blind leading the blind in Matthew 14, 15. Those that um, have not, you know, have, do not have a knowledge of God. And um, so I'm hoping to embolden some folks and just uh, sort through this. But more importantly, I'm hoping to reach somebody that's dealing with gender confusion or their parents um, and just give you some other things to think about and potentially some resources um, that might help you as you kind of walk through this, this, uh, this time. So um, let's get started. Now, as Christians, we are commanded that we have to beware of false prophets who come in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves, and you will know them by their fruit. So we're supposed to test the spirits, and we're supposed to um, test the fruit, and that's a little bit of what we're going to look at today. <clears throat> so although this is a polarizing issue, there is agreement in all camps on certain things that... The kids that are dealing with this are truly suffering and they're in real pain. And we all agree that we want to help them. Now, where we diverge is what is the right way to help somebody that's walking through this. So my hope is that we can kind of talk a little bit about that. So as I look at gender confusion, I view it in the context of deliverance. Okay. So deliverance is where we're praying with somebody who has been lied to or is being oppressed by the demonic realm or by evil spirits. Okay. So you might say, well, evil spirits. All right. Well, follow me here. Okay. We see that about a third of Jesus's ministry involves dealing with the demonically oppressed. And we're charged as believers in Matthew 10, seven to, and I have it here as you go preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead and cast out demons. So they are real. Okay. This is Jesus's charge to us. Okay. He dealt with demons. Ephesians says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and high places. So the reality is this is real. Okay. And this is something that needs to be examined. Now I know there's folks out there. They're not believers. They're going to scoff at the idea of demons, but keep in mind, these are the same people that are buying crystals to keep themselves safe. And they're putting their desires out to the universe, hoping that, you know, they're going to get a new car. 
So, you know, the reality is um, even these folks have put their trust and their belief in things that is not the rock that we have put our trust and belief in, the rock of Jesus Christ. So from a deliverance perspective, I look at how demons torment, okay? And they generally first start speaking to our mind, telling us lies about ourselves that are contrary to the word of God and what God says about us, okay? So in that context, if someone came to me and said, hey, this voice in me is telling me to kill myself, would we affirm that? Okay, or if they said they're gonna, they, they feel like they're supposed to kill another, would we affirm that? Of course not. Okay, so in that context, if someone came to me and said, and if I even take it down a, a notch, um, often I pray with people who are believing the voice in their head that is saying they're unloved, they're worthless, they're a failure, that it's hopeless, that they'll never amount to anything. Even this voice we reject on their behalf and we seek to assure them. Of the opposite. Why? Because we see its message as a negative. We counter it as a lie. So why would we not be opposing another voice that is equally destructive? Why are we assuming that it must be sound and accurate, especially when the next steps upon affirming are so destructive? Okay. So when we affirm somebody that is gender confused, what are their next steps? puberty blockers that sterilize them, that have not been tested on kids, that are known to weaken your bones and do heart damage, okay? Endless surgeries to remove healthy tissue, whether it be breasts or genitalia, that permanently disable them, make them permanently infertile, isolate them, because, you know, there's a lot of data out there right now that when someone transitions you know, people are not lining up to marry them and to take them on dates. And, you know, whether you agree with that or you don't agree with that, the reality is it is a statistically increased likelihood of isolation. So you're kissing your ability to have kids goodbye. You're potentially lowering your ability to get married. You're going to have a lifetime of future surgeries and medications that are going to cost a lot of money. Okay. So this is the course. This is not a positive course. And when we look at these side effects, and that's before we even get into the fact that some people then have, have transition regret and they want to transition back and they've done permanent damage. So this is like, if all goes well, it is still a hellish road. Okay. Ahead of them. So, um, maybe, you know, so anyway, um, so as we look at these side effects, we pretty much look at these risks and I don't, I would never want that for someone I loved. Right. Then we look at other things. Okay. You know, they kind of served up two options. They basically say you could have suicide or transition. <laughs> okay. Like that's it. Suicide or surgery. And the reality is that when a trans person is affirmed and they begin to transition over their suicide tendencies actually increase. They don't decrease. So why are we adding all of this other stuff that could make anyone more suicidal to the mix? If it's not actually helping them be all happy and joyful after the fact. Okay. So it's not suicide or surgery 
um, you know, a suicide, not surgery. It's basically uh, suicide and surgery. Okay. So then there's another statistic that I think is very important and it's not, uh, dis it's not disputed in any way as it relates to gender confused teens. The current statistic is that 85% of them, once they move out of puberty into adulthood, they will embrace their biological gender. Okay. And the whole gender confusion will be behind them. Why are we not telling parents this? Why is this not in the ether? Okay. It's a very important fact because if we were to break down the numbers. Okay. We would say, maybe you got a 10 or 15% chance that this is going to bring you peace, but we've added to your lot. The fact that you're going to have a lifetime of surgery, side effects, heart, you know, damage from these puberty blockers, infertility, surgeries, isolation, no ability to have kids. So for the little bit of, of peace you may have given them, you've added so much stuff that they could really, really have to manage for the rest of their lives. Okay. So there is a lot on the line for this kid. And that is why we need to be having this conversation and challenging the current narrative. People are afraid to, but if you think about it, put that kid before you. All right. Think of a kid that you love. All right. Because this kid is just being tossed to and fro and their life. They're the ones that are getting a mastectomy. They're the ones that are not going to be able to have kids again. Okay. So I would ask you, so let's take it to the spirit realm and in the context of the demonic where I started. Okay. So is it possible that there may be something else going on with these feelings, this voice in the kid's head telling them they're misgendered? Um, and I'm dealing now with the truly vetted trans person, not the massive number of young people that are jumping into the movement because it's all over social media. It's become cool in their peer group. It's giving them tons of positive attention. There's a whole section of kids over there. I'm not talking about that kid. I'm talking about the one that is really, really, really genuinely struggling and believes this and believe this at their core. Okay. So this voice, this feeling, we are judging it as a voice of truth and reality, but can there be another possibility? So when we are after, when we are after truth, we have to weigh all possibilities, don't we? So could this be a lying spirit talking to one's mind, like the spirit that is telling one to kill themselves or that they're loathsome or that they're unloved? So let's analyze that. So as I analyze kind of beliefs and voices in someone's head to determine if it's from the, from hell or from the Lord, um, we kind of, you know, look at what's being said. So in this case, the voice is saying you're in the wrong body. A mistake has occurred and you cannot be at ha happy or at peace unless you write that mistake. Okay. And now we contrast that with what God's word says. And I'm just going to read some of these scriptures. So Psalm 139 says, for you formed my inner parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and I'm wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows this very well. Luke 12 tells us that God knows the number of hairs on our head. Now think about it. That's pretty intimate. Okay. Because it's always changing. Okay, so could God be so intimately in touch with who we are and our physicality, yet be so out of touch and make such a grave error as it relates to gender? I don't think so. But this is what God says about us, okay? Um, and he says, fear not, for you're more value. He talks about the sparrows. And um, 
that they don't worry about what they wear or what they eat. And he says, fear not because you're more valuable than that. So if you're dealing with gender confusion, let, let these sink in. The reason I wanted to list them is because I want to counter that other voice right now with scripture. Genesis 1, 26, 27 said, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air um, and every creepy crawly thing on the earth. Oh, I say creepy crawly, but it says everything that creeps on the earth. <laughs> so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Okay, let me just go on here. So when I hear a voice that is so contrary to God's word, I often find it to be a demonic lying spirit. Okay. So you could say, well, I don't agree with that. I don't believe in scripture. Okay. We'll, we'll get into that in a minute, but maybe you disagree, but what if I'm right? What if it is a lying spirit that can be managed through spiritual warfare and prayer? Wouldn't it be worth at least considering it? Wouldn't it be worth at least going to prayer and fasting over it? Because the alternative, the path you're about to get on is disfigurement, surgery, costly, no promise of resolution. So it costs you nothing to take this to the spirit realm and take this to the Holy Spirit and pray with someone and do battle spiritually. Okay. So, you know, to me, my feeling is it, it's worth exploring. Okay. So if you're interested in being prayed for, you could reach out to me through Messenger. I'd be happy to set up a call with you and um, pray with you or your child to this end. Okay. So let's say you're not a scripture person. Let's say, you know, you don't believe the Bible. You know, there are other, are other ways that we determine what is truth. Okay. So, you know, first and foremost, if you're a science person, let's look at science. Okay, are there any biological markers that we've been able to find that proves that there is a transgender or a third gender at all? No, actually, to the contrary, I could dig up a body from 100 years ago and every ounce of its bone structure, all of our DNA screams either male or female. It's literally biological. Okay, so we haven't found anything in science, right, to dismiss it. We could also look at history. Okay. Now there have been accounts historically of people that felt gender confused, but there's never been any historical evidence of somebody that literally had genitalia or DNA that was not in one of these two camps, male or female. Okay. We, we have nothing. We have no, no skeleton, no dinosaur, no caveman that we've dug, dug up that has any evidence of another marker. Okay. Um, in fact, the folks that have been gendered confused, often this has been seen as um, a mental health issue. Okay. So then we look at nature. Okay. We look at the animal kingdom. Do we see third and fourth and fifth genders there? We don't. So if you want to dismiss the Bible and you want to just look at everything else, all of nature cries out that two genders is truth. Okay. So what are we resting all of our beliefs on? The reality is it's just the opinion and the feelings of some. Now, if you've ever dealt with someone that's schizophrenic, and I'm not saying you know gender confused people are schizophrenic in any way, but I'm using schizophrenia as an extreme. These are also people that often believe that they hear voices, okay, some they see things 
and they believe them to be true. Would we, or do we have the same obligation now to go to someone that's schizophrenic to affirm that is reality? It is literally just subject to them in their mind and in their imagination. Is that enough for us to create policy on? And I would say no. So why are we doing that for the, for the gender confused? Why are we saying your thought pattern is sufficient enough for us to create um, not only policy, but protocol on that this is sufficient enough to start transitioning eight-year-olds, okay? So now I wanna kind of turn to the church, okay? So as believers, I would ask you, how have we landed in a culture where we're talking about men having babies and chest feeding? Okay, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> um, I believe it's because we have abdicated our role in our culture. And how have we done this? Well, God has unblinded us and he has said in Isaiah 117 that we are tasked to do right, seek justice, justice, defend the oppressed, and to take up the cause of the fatherless and plead the, call, the case of the widow. We're the ones that are supposed to be defending the oppressed. And these are oppressed people, okay? They're broken, they're being tormented. And we have a system that is just without question, scooping them into a machine that has the potential to just destroy them. And don't expect Congress, don't expect your leaders, don't expect your neighbor or even their mom and their dad to see it because the Bible says that Satan has blinded the eyes of the unbeliever, okay? God has given you and me that revelation and that truth, and we are obliged to do something with it. So conviction, conviction, let that settle in, and now it's not too late, okay? Now let's just say, okay, maybe we've buttoned our lip because we've been afraid, all right? Or we just thought it wasn't our problem. But it's never too late to start doing the right thing. Okay, we could start to be bold and courageous today. And here's how we do it. Okay, so first, as believers, we recognize that we're dealing with a spirit. Okay, we're dealing with spirits. And how do you fight spirits? You fight them with spiritual warfare and prayer. Okay, prayer and fasting. So we start, and I don't mean just send me a prayer emoji. I mean pray. I mean, carve out time where you are lifting up these kids and these parents and these families, that you are asking the Lord to put them in your space so you could share with them, to give you boldness to share with the ones that you might already know, um, to pray against the demonic spirits that are trying to destroy these families and these children and lying spirits that are not putting truth out about this issue, okay? Like, why have we not heard that 85% of these kids will abandon this? That statistic alone should stop every minor surgery and every minor being given medication and puberty blockers, okay? And anybody that really cares about these kids would, would absolutely say, yeah, you have an 85% chance that this is going to resolve itself and an increased chance of suicide if we start messing with you now and giving you this stuff. Why? Why do we not care about these kids? So begin to pray against those spirits. So number one, begin praying. Serious battle prayer. Fast. Okay. Two, we need to resist. Okay. So what does resistance look like? We need to refuse to speak in line with the lie. The Bible tells us in Psalm 34, 13, to keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. 
In fact, it pronounces a curse on those that share or, or spread deceit. Okay. So our silence, our falsehood is deceit. Our unwillingness to correct the narrative is deceit. So we have to refuse to speak in line with the lie. And for me, this includes, I'm sorry, but I cannot use your preferred pronouns because the Bible tells me that God created speech, uh, created the earth through speech, right? He spoke it into existence. He said, I'm created in his image. Okay. The Bible tells us that we have the power of life and death in the tongue. It says, if I say to this mountain, be removed, it will be done. Okay. So that tells me that my speech and my words have power and I will not speak a curse over somebody and tell a woman that she is a he. And I do it very gently with people. I explain to them what my belief is, what my faith tells me, and that I simply cannot speak forth what I believe to be a lie. I cannot align with what I believe is a lying spirit trying to destroy you just to make you feel better. And, um, and that's it. So pray, resist, and then we need to get loud. Okay. So this is critical. And how do we get loud? Well, listen, we all have the platform of social media. Okay. And I'll tell you this, you think, ah, eh, nobody listens, whatever. How have we gotten to this place in our culture now? How is it that we're talking about men having babies when everyone's like, that's nuts. But yet me saying otherwise put, makes me a pariah. How is it that this is so culturally accepted? It's because some have gotten loud. The folks with the wrong info and that are deceived on this, they've gotten loud and they've changed our culture. And I promise you, if you're willing to get loud and you're willing to say time out, I'm not buying into all of this. I think there's problems. I want to point this out. I have questions. Let's talk more about it. There are people in your community. You may have 10 Facebook friends, but you know what? These are 10 people that trust you and trust your opinion and will listen to you. And you know what? Those 10 people might share what you have to say, and it may impact one kid. It might save one kid's life. It may reach one parent. I remember I had shared a video and most of my videos do not go far and wide, but this one had 10,000 views. And I thought, oh my gosh, I would have to fill like NASA Coliseum to get 10,000 people to hear what I have to say. So we have free platforms where we can permeate our culture. So get loud, share this video, at the very least, share stuff like this, okay? So begin to get loud, begin to speak up, and I believe if we start there, um, that we're going to, that God's just going to open other doors. And I would remind you, you know, when we look at evils in our culture in the past, you know, it was the church, it was the people in the pulpit, you know, back in the day, like the Wil Wil Wilbur Wilberforce, who spoke against slavery as an evil. Um, Martin Luther King was a, you know, a reverend. These were, it was the church. You know, if you look at people, you know, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who spoke against Hitler and, and was imprisoned for it. Oh, sorry. You know, it was the church that spoke up. This is our role. This is our job. And we need to do that. So um, what I'm going to do is I want to close this out with video. Bear with me. Um, 
of a woman who was a child who was kind of scooped up on this trans ideology. Let me see if I can get it up here. And I'm going to share my screen. And truly, it's it's heartbreaking to me. So I'm, I want to show this. and I want to end the video with this for this reason. Um, this is what we're fighting for. For young ladies like this, that if we spoke up, if if more people questioned, she may not have gone through this. And let it inspire us to speak up more because maybe there's another kid out there who we're going to help, you know, avoid this mess. So bear with me. I just want to go over our record. There we are. Bear with me. Okay. Let me just screen share. Sorry about that, guys. All right. So we're going to share. And I'm hoping that this is showing. But if not, you'll hear the audio. Let me get back over here. And share this here. Oy. I need a technical helper. All right. There it is. Start this over. Oh, shoot. You know what? I think it's because I got my audio going already. It's not going to happen. Well, we'll try it. All the media I consumed as a kid showed me how stupid and vulnerable being a girl was. All the sexualized images of women gave me an unrealistic expectation of womanhood. I spent a, a lot of time online and quickly saw all the praise coming out of trans on Instagram and other social media. I was a bit awkward in school and had some trouble making friends. Like many dysphoric children, I also suffer from a variety of mental health conditions. So I easily fell prey to the narrative that if I felt different and did not want to be a highly sexualized girl, I must be a boy. I obsessed over becoming a boy. I believed that all my insecurities and anxiety would magically disappear once I transitioned. The mental health professionals did not try to dissuade me of this delusional belief. I was fast-tracked into medical transition after I was diagnosed with dysphoria. In California, a child can pick their gender identity and a care provider questioning that would be considered conversion therapy. This wasn't a diagnosis, a misdiagnosis. It was mistreatment. My parents were told that the options were transition or suicide. They complied because they were not offered any other treatment solution for my distress. My distraught parents wanted me alive, so they listened to my doctors. I was placed on puberty blockers and testosterone after expressing my gender dysphoria to my therapist, and I was approved for a double mastectomy all by the age of 15. No one explored why I did not want to be a girl. More and more kids are falling for the false promise of happiness if they transition. Gender clinics in the U.S. are turning a blind eye to European countries or pumping the brakes on this experiment on youth. Who here really believes that, as a 15-year-old, I should have had my, my healthy breasts removed or that it should have been an option? When the CDPH got less than 300 reports of people getting hospitalized as a result of vaping, San Francisco banned vape products that same year. So I know that you care about the health of children, yet you're allowing doctors all over the state to remove the healthy breasts of children. How many more children's bodies will be destroyed before you action this? What is the sweet spot? 100? 200? 1,000? SB 107 will open the floodgates for confused children like me to get the gender interventions that many so regret. Around the age of so, um, let me stop my screen share. All 
All right. So I just wanted to leave you with that um, because it's heartbreaking. And these are the kids that we're fighting for and the people we're fighting for. Um, so I just pray that God would touch you, give you wisdom on this and uh, open other scriptures to you on this, give you boldness to share. And if you're out there and you're gender confused or you're a parent and you just want somebody to pray with you, listen, this is a hard walk and it's a new thing in our culture. And um, I'd be happy to pray with you. And I pray for you. Just know that I pray for you already. So anyway, be blessed and reach out. Share this if you can. Thanks. Record.